Welcome to Emerge, the health podcast for busy, high-performing women. Each week, we feature interviews, information, and inspiration that will motivate you to transform from overwhelmed, overworked, and overweight to vibrant, energetic, and on fire. My name is Dr. Alex Swenson-Ridley, selfless syndrome expert, board-certified women's health coach, and alternative medicine practitioner, wife, mom, and entrepreneur. I specialize in health for busy and driven women. Listen weekly as I share the tools, perspective, and knowledge you need to lose weight, boost your energy, and fall in love with yourself so that you can serve the world with an even bigger impact. Hello, welcome back to Emerge, the health podcast for busy, high-performing women. I'm your host, Dr. Alex Swinson-Ridley, and today I want to talk about actually one of my favorite topics and things I've learned a whole lot about over the years, and that is our food, food quality. And we haven't really talked a whole lot on the show about this, but I was thinking about this a lot, um, specifically with meat. And so if you've ever been wondering whether you need to be a vegetarian or if you should eat a plant-based diet or, you know, if your meat is okay for you, all of that different you know, questions and conversations that I know many of us have at some point. Um, this is, we're going to unpack some of this stuff on, on this episode, but I was thinking about this because this last week I was traveling with my husband, he had a work trip and I decided to go along with him. And of course we're staying in hotels and, you know, eating out quite a bit. And our last night there, he really wanted to go to the steakhouse that was in the bottom of our hotel. It's, you know, the super high end fancy, like supposed to have the best steak ever kind of place. Right. And so I was like, okay, we, we can go check this out. And I was curious, you know, what the best steak meant. And so we get there and in big block letters on the menu, it's printed, like we have the top 8% best corn fed beef in the, in the country that we serve here. And it's like the minimum is, you know, $60 a steak or something. And I was just reading that and like trying. And then the, the waiter came and, you know, started giving all the accolades for all the, the beef that they have and the, the corn that they eat and all this stuff. And I'm just like, ugh. And so if you aren't very familiar with food, with cows, with the process of how cows naturally would eat versus how we feed them and kind of what all that looks like, I just want to give you some insight to, into this. And, you know, a lot of my knowledge around this, and I'll, I'll just say straight up, I do eat meat. I'm, I'm not a vegetarian I, I, or, you know, vegan. I tried that at one point and it didn't go well for me. And, and we'll just talk about that um, here in a little bit. But when I was in college, I had the experience and not many people have, especially if you don't live in the Midwest or, you know, out West where a lot of the cattle raising happens. But I had the experience of going to a friend of mine had a, a cattle ranch. And so during one of our breaks, we actually all went up to her ranch and we camped in the pasture with the cows mooing all around us and you know we got to check out the ranch and they had free range cattle so their cattle roamed around and ate the stuff they would normally eat hint it's like grass right they you know got were active had exercise all that stuff and so they were healthy cows and one day we went for a hike and as we were hiking up this hillside we were going to a cave to go splunking and i looked out at this you know beautiful wyoming landscape and there's just this big brown blob on the side, kind of looking out the valley from where we were. And I was like, Beth, what is that? And she was like, that's a feedlot. And so a feedlot is basically a bunch of mud and poop where cows just stand neck and neck and are forced to eat. Like that is how we feed them. And they are forced to eat corn, generally corn and grain. And 
this does a lot of things to the cow. You know, the cow is not healthy. The inflammation is high. They have super high levels of omega-6s, which we're going to talk about that in just a second, because this is important for our own health. And so this is the meat that we're being fed and that we're paying $60 a steak for at this steak restaurant. And I'm just, you know, I'm like, what, what has happened in our culture where we think that that is not only normal, but the best of the best, right? And I really wanted to say to the waiter, I was like, do you have any grass-fed, grass-finished steak? <laughs> and just be a little bit of a thorn in his side, but I, I chose to hold my tongue and I got like the smallest steak possible and didn't even eat all of it. And here's why, you know, so much, so many of us deal with, with health problems. This is common in men and women, and it involves things like insulin resistance or inflammation being too high. And a big part of that is, um, you know, heart disease and, and all of these things are actually, my dog is making his opinion known on all of this stuff. <laughs> our, um, our health is impacted by what we eat. We all know this, right? Like you are what you eat and you either eat to live or you live to eat. And the majority of our population, especially people like my husband who loves his, his meat in particular and his potatoes too, but mostly his meat are, you know, not eating to live. They're living to eat and, you know, they don't care about the quality of the food and they don't care about what was done to the animal and they don't care about any of this stuff. That is why we have, you know, our top leading causes of death are things like heart disease and cancer and all of that. And it's because a huge portion of it, the quality of our food and what we're eating. And some of us don't know this. And so part of why I'm doing this episode is just to educate you because I found that people, you know, were not aware of what's in the quality of our food. Like most people would look at that menu and be like, oh, cool. Like the top 8% of cows ignoring the part about it being corn fed, which means that the cow is super unhealthy and probably full of antibiotics and all of this other stuff. It's just, you know, the fattiness of the steak is, is something because they were forced to grow too fast. Like it's, it, there's so much wrong with this whole industry. And so what we have to be aware of is I mentioned, you know, there's omega threes and omega sixes. These are our, um, our good, our fats, right? And for us to be healthy, like a healthy, normal person. And if you look at research of, of like humans back in the day, as we evolved, you know, we used to have like this one to maybe four ratio, one to two ratio of omega threes to omega sixes. And that's like a good, healthy place to be. That's where you don't have placking and you don't have insulin resistance and you're not putting on weight and you're, you know, your body's like functioning and feeling really good. But when we look at what that ratio is today on what's called the standard American diet, or as I call it, the sad diet, and there's, we're going to have more episodes talking about this coming up. That ratio has changed from like one to 40. And when we have really high levels of omega-6s, that's when cancer develops and heart disease and all of these things, because we've got too much omega-6 floating around. It causes inflammation in our body. Omega-6 causes the production of what's known as interleukin-6, which is super bad for us, causes extra inflammation, causes our cells to go haywire, causes all of this stuff to happen, and is really just not good for us. And there's other things that can cause that as well. A lot of the oils that we cook in, especially if they're vegetable oils, um, avocado oil is, is okay and coconut oil is okay. Though if you look at ratios of um, olive oil is as well, like olive oil, avocado, and I love coconut oil, but it actually has a higher, higher ratio 
thing going on. Um, so avocado in my is kind of like my top choice now. But like if you're using canola or vegetable oil or you know some of the other oils that have they go rancid really quickly and have a, a lower temperature set point where they burn, those are all contributing to your omega six being too high as well. So what does all this mean? Do I need to stop eating meat? Like, <laughs> what's what's the story here? You know, we have to be really part of being healthy is starting to be conscientious about things like our quality of food, like where, what the food is that we're getting and, you know, what our portion sizes are and a whole bunch of different things. So does it mean that you need to stop eating meat altogether if you've, you know, probably inundate, like if you're eating meat with every single meal and inundating your body with these bad ratios of fats and uh, increasing your inflammation, all this stuff, you might want to consider it. You know, it's, I'm not here to tell you you should or shouldn't. I shared that I do eat meat. I in particular, you know, I make exceptions here and there where like we're at a fancy steakhouse and that's all they have kind of thing where I eat a tiny little bit of the crap that we call food in the United States. But, you know, if I'm looking for steak or ground beef, I'm looking for things that are grass fed and grass finished. And these can be hard to find. A lot of things are grass fed, but they're grain finished. And so you want to know what the grain is for those, you know, much, and I'll give you options of like where to source your food from in here in just a second. Organic meat actually doesn't mean bull in terms of what it's fed or, or how they're treated. Like it might be slightly better, but they're still getting exposed to corn and to you know, a bunch of things that are causing the animal to be unhealthy. And then you're eating that unhealthy meat and somehow think that it's going to be healthy for your, our bodies. Like that it just doesn't work. Right. So that's one thing is just being aware of our food quality. The other thing is portion sizes. You know, we are so trained. Like if you think about how we evolved, regardless of where you're at in terms of um, creationism versus Big Bang Theory, like all of that stuff. I am of the opinion that like, you know, we have some evidence of how we evolved. And in order to have meat, we had to go hunt something and kill it, right? And it was a lot of work. It took a lot of energy. It was dangerous. It was all of those things. And so it, it was a lot to go get that meat. And we didn't have it all the time. That's the other thing because it, we didn't have a way to store it. So, you know, we'd get the meat and use what we could and, and eat some of it. And then it would be until the next time that we would do that. And these days, you know, we don't have to work for our food. We just go buy it at the store. And most of us are consuming meat with every single meal. And this brings up my third story <laughs> in, in this episode and kind of talking about this. I was at a pediatric training for chiropractic back when I was getting certified in that and ran into a friend, friends of mine from school. You know, they were a couple had gotten married um, and we all went out to dinner and my friend, I was going to call him Joe, but his, his name is actually Joe. <laughs> Joe was sharing that he was not eating meat anymore. And we were kind of talking about why. And, you know, I, I shared like, how I tried that and felt, I, I went vegan for about two weeks and I just felt like total garbage. I, my energy was terrible. I had a headache the whole time. Like my body did not do well. My, it was just awful. And I, I've since learned that, you know, I'm someone who needs protein. It doesn't always have to be meat, but I do need that level of having some protein in my life. And, you know, as we're talking about this, he was like, well, Alex, like, look at your plate 
you know, my meat portion, I was having some chicken with what I was eating was the smallest thing on there and everything, you know, I had tons of vegetables. And at that point I was eating a little bit of grain, like maybe some quinoa or something, but the, the meat was the smallest piece. He's like, every time I've eaten meat, it's been the biggest thing on my plate. And like, maybe I have a side with it. And this is how so much of our population in the Western world approaches our eating. Like our biggest staple is the meat. And then next to that is like the starch and the potatoes, both of which are causing inflammation, fat storing, you know, being burned. The starches in particular are turned to converted to sugar. So you're spiking your insulin levels and your blood sugar. And then like, maybe you have some vegetables. And so before you even consider, like, maybe I should go hundred percent plant-based or, or whatever, I would actually just shift your ratios <laughs> to start, you'll probably feel better in, in doing that. Like if you're really sure that you just want to stop eating meat and you feel terrible every time you eat it and you know, the quality of the meat doesn't, doesn't seem to matter, or you're so disgusted by what I just shared and you don't ever want to eat meat again. Awesome. More power to you. Like stop eating the meat. But if you're not so sure about it, like at the, the first step is to shift those ratios, ratios, the biggest thing on your plate should be the vegetables not a lot of starch, like maybe a, a grain, if you really like something that's a whole grain. So it's brown, it's not white. All the white stuff has been stripped of all of its nutri nutrients and it's really like consuming empty calories. And then the smallest portion on your plate would be meat. And as you do that, you know, challenge yourself and do this for at least a month. You should notice that your inflammation comes down, your energy is more stable, your skin will start to glow. Like you won't be so tired all the time. Maybe you'll even lose some weight. And all these things will start to happen. And we just have to be so aware. So I was going to share, like, where, where do you find, like, if you want to keep eating meat, where, what's the stuff you should look for? Because there's so much that's screwed up. And even the organic food label is starting to be adulterated with certain things that are allowed. You know, the FDA doesn't necessarily have our health at interest. It's about the companies that, you know, lobby them with money and, and what they have. And so there can be pesticides on organic stuff. Now there can like the, just because it's organic doesn't mean it's grass fed. Just be, it doesn't mean it's free range for chicken. Like you want actually pasture raised chicken being free range just means that they open the door for two weeks and let the chickens maybe come out, but all they've known is to be in their cage. So most of them don't. So there's all, you know, and chicken, they are allowed to sell chicken with like 95% of it being cancerous. Why we would want to eat that. I don't know, but we do. So there's all kinds of horrifying facts I could throw out at you. And, and, you know, some of you may have heard it already. Some of you may have learned some of the stuff and just need a reiteration. But the first step is kind of recognizing that the quality of your food really matters and then shifting your portions so that you're eating more vegetables than meat if you're going to keep eating meat and that you're getting enough protein and good fats if you're you're not. Um, so good fats are things like avocados, avocado oil, ghee, um, olives, nuts, those kind of things, nut butters. All this matters. And I've honestly moved towards like living in Alaska. This is easier said than done, but especially at the, you know, this time of year when we're at the end of summer and all the growing season is done to as much as I can get things that are locally sourced because when stuff's local, you can ask, you know, for example, uh, one of my former clients, they actually own a farm up here and they raise cattle. And so when we were working together, I, we were talking about this and I, she was like, so we, you know, finish, there's like what the, what the cows eat up to a certain point. And then when they're getting ready to be slaughtered, they kind of like feed them something new just to make their meat taste better. Um, and so they finish their, 
their cows with barley. And so that grain is, it's not corn at least. So I'm like, okay, I'll accept that. Like there's a lot of benefits to barley. Um, and they're using like a whole, whole grain and source it locally and all of that stuff. So you can ask the questions of the farmers and of the, you know, people who raise the cattle or raise the chickens, like ask them what their process is and what they're doing much more easily than you can find out in a grocery store, right? Even whole foods where they have like a rating system and it'll tell you the quality of the meat and stuff. A lot of times they still don't know. Um, and a lot of times it's hard to find the stuff that's like really the super high quality, what I would consider high quality and not what the steakhouse considered high quality that we went to the other day. So, you know, going local as much as you can. And then if you can't find local, like organic is still better than conventional, but there are not, but, and you know, there's tips and tricks to, just kind of clean your meat as much or your vegetables as much as you possibly can. Like everything still needs to be washed and soaked. And with meat, you just have to be really wary of where it's coming from and what the quality is. I saw a post on Facebook recently, uh, probably cause I've been talking about this and you know, Facebook stalks us all, but <laughs> it was a picture of two chicken breasts and one of them had these white striations across like these white lines. And the other one just looked like normal, you know, beautiful meat, no, no lines or anything. And the lines are from a bird that was forced to grow too fast. And they do this by what they feed them. And a lot of times they're given growth hormone and stuff to just make them produce faster because they have quotas to keep up with. So, you know, that's just another trick. You can look at the, the meat you buy. Like, I'll be honest, because of how many teenagers we have in our house, I do much of our shopping at Costco and they have some good options. But, you know, their organic chicken is one thing that I buy and I know it's not pasteurized. And the other thing is the organic beef I will buy just because they have it and it's inexpensive and my boys eat so much of it and it's slightly better than, you know, just your general stuff. But it's still, it doesn't mean that it's grass fed or grass finished. It's all still fed grain. So might be antibiotic and hormone free. And that's, so there's like the the good is the local, or I should say, the good is organic. The better or best is going local as much as you can and being able to ask those questions. So in conclusion, you know, it it matters the quality of what you eat and what you're putting in your mouth. And you really have to evaluate, not just from a perspective of processed foods or, you know, some of the stuff we recognize and know is junk, but also from what the quality is of the stuff we're buying. And one of the biggest things I hear, you know, as a reason or an excuse or whatever you want to call it, a, a hindrance to this is just that it costs more. And while it does, you know, if you can plan, I mean, does on a price tag in the store, kind of, you have to look at the long-term benefits of, you know, if you're not bogging your body down with all of this extra stuff or, you know, unhealthy stuff or screwing up your, your balance of, um, omegas and your, your lipid ratios and all that stuff that we've just talked about your omega threes, omega sixes and, and all that in the long term, like it ends up costing you less because you're going to have less health problems. That's one way to look at it. Another is, you know, if you can plan ahead and buy part of a cow or, you know, raise your own chickens, if you've got time for that, not all of us do, and not all of us can do that in places, but, you know, can find and source some of that stuff and just plan ahead for it over in the long term, it ends up costing you less, I promise. And so it's, you know, you got, you have to look at like, what's it worth to you? If you gave up your Starbucks daily, you know, most of us, I think the average that people spend is $150 on Starbucks a month. Like 
could you put that towards better quality food? Probably, you know, we have to, you have to really look at what are your priorities and what are, where we put our money says what we're really committed to. And it can be really confronting to look at this, but you know, you want to look at what are you spending on and what's a good thing to be spending on and a value that you really are proud of and inspired by and what are things that you're spending on that actually you don't feel so good about and just look at that hierarchy and, and where the quality of your food lies inside of that and then start to make those shifts and changes where you're you know doing more vegetables or maybe you do go totally plant-based and just try that for yourself and i'd give yourself a good you know two to three weeks, I'd say in that time period, you'll know if you're going to like feel good and thrive there, or if it's going to be a hot disaster, like it was for me. And there were probably some other underlying reasons why I had a hard time and struggled, but just some things to, to look out for. And then really, you know, just be intentional about the quality of what you're putting in, in your mouth. Cause it's going to make a difference. It's, it's one thing to, you know, get off sugar and, and take some of that stuff away, but the quality of our food still absolutely matters. So I hope this help serves you and we will see you next week. Thank you for tuning in to Emerge, the health podcast for busy, high-performing women, where we provide you with the tools, information, and inspiration you need to transform from overwhelmed, overworked, and overweight to vibrant, energetic, and on fire. If you enjoyed the show, please head over to iTunes to subscribe and also leave us a review. Also, I don't want to be working with you on your health only once or twice a week. I want to be in this conversation and in the trenches with you every single day. I invite you to join me in the Emergent Women Community Group on Facebook for the chance to interact with me live once a week and even more information, inspiration, and motivation to transform your health and become the vibrant, energetic, and on-fire version of yourself we all know is under there. Until next time, remember to keep putting yourself first so that you can better serve the ones you love and the things you are passionate about. Mm-hmm.